to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. So what was the reason, Mike, in when I was in seventh grade, you know the little pull-up bars they'd have on the playground? So like the metal poles and then the pull-up bar. What was the reason that two of my buddies in seventh grade grabbed me and pole-racked me? Pole-racked you? What's pole-racked? Where a guy grabs your foot and another guy grabs your other foot and pulls you into the pole. Did you say your your two buddies? Yeah. Did they film it? I don't know if those were your two buddies. (laughs) I'm saying, right? Those were the closest friends I had in seventh grade. Man, I would beat yourself up over that one. I think we need to talk about the definition of friends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in my 40s, Pierce. If you said like... playing with those guys last week. (laughs) If you were like, hey, these guys had a club and they said to get into the club, you got to get pulled like you. That's That's a different different story. story. (laughs) Just to do that, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that I think that I think kids tend to be honest, True. like more often than not. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just uh, sometimes people take it wrong. But I think that what we call bullying sometimes is, I mean, I'm sure it's bullying, but like I think it's like kids responding to the an environment they know. Like it's like they're yeah they're lashing out because yeah, yeah, they, yeah. it's their defense mechanism. Like they don't know what else to do. Or it's yeah. happened to them. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They don't know how to deal with it, so they so just that's how they respond, the right? Way. There's one time wait, I th- I'm now thinking about. It, I feel so bad. I haven't thought about it ever. Were until, you the guy until, who pole racked? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was right. there, man. It's wild. You I were like in three years you before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was there in spirit. Uh, there was this one time. I was in this. I was in this group. It was my. It was my Cub Scout group. But we were. We were all. We were all friends for so long. Ever since first grade, and we were in third or fourth grade at the time. And I remember there's this other kid. Um, that was hanging out with one of my buddies and they were both running up together. And then all of a sudden my buddy came out by himself and I was like, Hey, where's Justin? And he was like, he was like, Oh, he's back there. And I looked and I saw like this like blue dome, like in the middle of the, uh, of the soccer field. And I was like, is that him like there? And he was like, Oh yeah, man, he's hunched over there crying. And I was like, why? Like, so what he had done was like borderline like turtle shell like himself in the middle of the field crying like a soccer game's going like a recess soccer game is happening <laughs> he's in the middle of the field just crying and he was like yeah man i told me he couldn't hang out with us in my mind i was like well yeah like we're, we're a group like we've we've been functioning as a group for so long so in my mind i was just like well yeah like we're a group like duh he can hang out with us he has, he's not a part of the group we're a, we, <laughs> we always hang out at recess he's not a part of the group so i didn't even think i didn't even think that that was rude so i have no idea how he handled the situation but he probably was like okay cool man i'm gonna hang out with these guys now that's probably how exactly he handled it because he was a nice guy at the time he's like cool i'm gonna chill with these guys we chill at recess so see ya and then that dude just collapsed in the middle of the soccer field and just wept in his little uh turtle dome so i want to let you know justin i'm sorry I'm so, I'm Justin, so sorry. we hope you're doing okay. I'm sorry that I, Pierce and his game I wouldn't let you in. Yeah, I hope you're no longer at the Justin, if you school. need to come pole rack Pierce. <laughs> we'll help. <laughs> exactly. They'll get on one I'm side, you can get it. on the other. Video Just pull it. me forward. That's right. <laughs> Put it on AFE. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this Hold kid on. this kid walked up to me. I think I was in second grade, just going to a new school. He walked up to me. We were in the playground recess. He gets up real close to my face and goes, You stupid Mexican. And I don't even know how to handle it. I was like, <laughs> uh, I'm not Mexican. I, I was like, uh, <laughs> Filipino chump. God, I don't even know. so I just kind of, I was like, okay. And then just walked off and played somewhere else. Like, 
Go home. Whatever. Crying. Yeah. What's a Mexican? Daddy, you're not, you're daddy not what's, a, what's a Mexican? <laughs> Wait, what? Later that day, he was curled up in a dome in the middle of the soccer field because I kicked him in the nuts. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Chilling next to Justin. Like, what, are you here, what are you here for? You know why. You know why I'm here. You know why I'm here. <laughs> I can't feel my legs. I had a fourth grader uh, pull a knife on me when I was in like what? second grade. Wow. You went to the worst places. Compton? <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, for Shoved real. me up against the wall and pulled a knife on me. That sounds awful. Yeah. Why? I, I don't remember. I just remember the knife in my face. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a good detail to remember. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was a weird church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lesson there somewhere, but I don't remember it. Yep. <laughs> anyway, let's, hey. uh, let's do a little sidestep over to the PCC. Whoa. I just lost all sound. Do you, have, do you wiggle, wiggle your cord over there? Did Hello? You, did you do some wiggling? I thought I fixed them. Man. Oh, that's okay. I stepped on mine earlier and lost all cord. Oh, wait. Lost all sound. Talk. There we go. Hey. 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 I had them like hung up under there, but no. Ryan's back. Yeah. I think I it's got like it. leg height, so they always get bumped off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just not an engineer. No, it's good. All right. PCC. Back in the PCC. We're here. Chilling. Chilling. There we go. Hey. Yeah, we needed it again because of the distraction. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sit down. Hey, there you are. What's up? We're chilling here in the PCC. So, three. Uh, so I was talking. There we oh, go. Dr. Mike is ready for the I'm PCC. Spray a little more than <laughs> those, <laughs> mini, those minis, man. It's, minis. it's too, too much pressure. Hey, here we go. Clink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't have koozies that fit these little ones. I know, right? It's just the overlap. <laughs> Uh, so I went to lunch with, uh, with a friend of mine, uh, well now it was a few weeks ago, but, uh, and he, he had mentioned something. He had brought up a friend of his that had gotten married and just had mentioned some of the, the issues that they had going through. And he was like, well, you know, the first year of marriage and, <laughs> and, and it's been, it's been a while since I had heard that. And it's, and I know, and I know that that's a cultural reality, but I just began to think about that statement over and over and over again. I'm just like, well, you know, the first year of marriage, the first year of marriage is always bad. The first year of marriage is always hard. The first year of marriage is always this. And like, and it's just such a cultural norm that people just accept that. And there's two things that I've been thinking on and I, and I, and I won't, I won't settle on them because I know what marriage can be. Um, I know, I know what marriage can be for believers. I, I, sure. I know, I know what marriage can be. I know what what God has designed marriage for, and I have, I have lived it, and it's amazing, and it's, yeah. it's absolutely incredible. And so, like, I will never bow down to this cultural norm whatsoever. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that some first years are hard, but that also doesn't mean that marriages aren't uh, restorable. Is that a right word? Sure. That marriages marriages can't see restoration. Yeah. That doesn't mean that at all. Redeemable. Redeemable. That's a better way to say it. Um, so all that I, I will never bend the knee towards this cultural norm. And I'm never going to try to understand it. But there's been a couple of things that have come up from it that it's just I I just I hate that it is so normal. Well, actually, one of the questions that that I've I've also I've just really thought of is why 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 in the world do people still want to get married? Yeah. Like, if, if they it, believe that it's yeah, like first, like, or, or why aren't we hearing in more, more and more vows? Like, hey, I know the next three hundred and sixty-five days are going to be pure <laughs> agonizing hell, but I'm gonna push through it for you. Like, why aren't we hearing more of that? If they, if people actually believe that, or why are we hearing like, hey, let's figure out a way to to make like to prove them wrong? But, but too often, what we do is like, 
we say, oh, you're in the honeymoon phase, or mm-hmm. we say that, oh, you're in this, you're, you're, you have, you have cloudy eyes. And I know we talked about a lot of this in the, in the marriage. Episode. I thought the honeymoon phase just meant you have a lot of sex. Yeah, which, yeah, exactly. So, so you're just, you're horny the whole time, or you're in the euphoria the whole time that you can't see the problems that oh, are actually happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's basically what they mean by that. Yeah. Uh, I misunderstood you're, that one. You're, you're too busy getting busy <laughs> that, uh, that you can't, you can't see the problems. So, like, well, I know we talked about this in the marriage episode, which if you haven't listened to, a year and a half ago, that's our first episode <laughs> that we ever did. We uh, should do that one again. We should. Uh, but all that to say, we, we believe that, that God has such a beautiful intention for marriage and that marriage doesn't mm-hmm. have to be hard. And what I hate is that when marriage is hard, we just say that's how it is. Right. And that's what I hate because, 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 and, 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 and if you are listening, listening, who I talked to, I'm not going to say your name or throw you under the bus. I don't feel like our conversation was bad by any means. And so I'm not saying that this conversation was a bad conversation whatsoever because that is such a cultural norm. Like that, that is, yeah, that that's is, what people that expect. Is, that is standard. But it just made me think about it that I wish, I wish that we as Christians can get to the point where, Sure, let's not ignore the fact that some marriages are hard, but how about we begin to reinstate or or to uh, to begin to uh, force in, to push into the conversation. Yeah, that first year was hard, but but have they but have they began to to, to to institute Jesus into their marriage? Have they actually begun to turn to Christ in their marriage? Yeah. Have they actually began to uh to 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 seek some sort of counsel so that they can they can live out what marriage is supposed to be instead of seeking out a prideful view of marriage, um, because most marriages why why that first year was so hard was they went into it with X amount of of expectations, right. and then all those expectations weren't met, and then it was hard. And so what's hard is pride. What's hard is failed expectations. What's hard is 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 all of these different types of things. Or what's hard is I've I've also had friends who. Um, during those first years of marriage, they they had either their their parents' marriage was the standard, or even their parents' marriage failed while they were starting to, the marriage process, and so they began to have all this tainted view. But still, it was a tainted view based off of some, another marriage, not Christ's view yeah. of marriage. And so, yeah. all of that to say, just begin from the standpoint of your marriage was hard because of you. Life was hard because of you, not because of marriage. Start from that standpoint. Pride is hard. Um, sin. Sin <laughs> is hard. Hurt is hard. Yeah. Like a selfishness is hard. Unmet expectations are hard. And I shouldn't have had any of those things going into marriage. But because I did, that made that first year, that first two years, that first decade hard. Yeah. But now... I really want to turn to Jesus and Jesus can restore all things and do all things. And so instead of just looking at marriage as, as just, just two sinners screwing up all the time and, and really pissing each other off nonstop, like, no, how about we look at marriage for what it actually is? And, and so my, and I, and I firmly believe that wholeheartedly. For what it can be. For what it yeah, can what be. God is intended Marriage to be. can be this beautiful, beautiful gospel presentation of, of, of two people loving and submitting to each other beautifully and showing the world who Jesus is and his gospel, um, in such a way that, that, that is, that is, that is intricately designed by him. Um, and so I want to get to a point where, where those of us who believe that, and I would say that most people who uphold the scripture, who uphold the gospel, believe that, where they can say, like, talking to other believers, like, yeah, you know, the first year of marriage is always hard, and be like, oh, like, well, well, why? Yeah. 
Like what, 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 what in their marriage made it hard? How can I be praying for them? Like make it, make it about them, not in this stance of like, I want to call them out, but like, man, what was the failed expectation? What was the, where's the pride? Um, was it, was it that they, that they didn't understand sex fully? Was it that they did had, they didn't really understand marriage fully? Was it that they didn't understand, like they weren't able to lay down their pride? Was it that they never had a roommate? And so they have this weird view of roommates. <laughs> was it that like, was it an, was it an Oedipus complex or like, did, oh, he, did he, did he expect? Okay. Like, yeah. Did he, well, there's like, sorry, let me rephrase that. Did wow. He, did he expect the, uh, <laughs> maybe we do need to talk about marriage again. There we go. That was uh, the worst thing I ever read in high school. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like, issues. Yes. <laughs> that Christ can restore. But people just lump it in with the first year of marriage. Oh, yeah, it's just how it is. And it's it's just funny because then they feel like they're stuck. So, like, and they and they, it's stuck. like 20 years later, and they're like, we've never gotten this thing fixed. So, mm-hmm. side note, real quick if you're listening to this and you feel like you're stuck, you can you can start fresh. Yeah, like you can start today and say not not like wipe the slate clean. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not too late, is what we're saying. Like not can, get divorced and start over fresh yeah, with somebody yeah, not else. That. No, yeah. I'm saying like in your marriage now, it's possible for restoration. It's yeah. possible to have a marriage that starts today and goes forward with the right intentions, the right purpose, and the right goal, and experience the joy and happiness of what God intended it to be. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely helps if you have somebody in your corner that has God's view of marriage in mind and not just a cultural view. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think so, uh, what sucks is most, most pastors that do premarital counseling that I know of, um, will say things to the couples like, well, let me teach you how to fight well. Yeah. Yeah. And they tell you marriage is going to be really hard. Speaking of what is, we said earlier yeah. with the kids in the playground, I, I want to, I just want to make a disclaimer. Like, like we should just make a deal. Like if, if a pastor says that, then they get to get pull racked. <laughs> hey, we were told that we said that we were told, uh, you know, teach you how to fight and all this. And then we never had another session. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to teach you this one day, one day we'll get to it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I would get it if they said, if conflict arises, here's, here's the direction you should yeah. go for, for yeah. bad conflict within marriage. But to just set the precedent, like, yeah, yeah, problematic. You're about to go to war. Let's let's come up with a game. Yeah, plan. and that that just that makes marriage sound so awful. To your question earlier, like, <laughs> why do you want to get married? Why would you I even think, want to get married? I think a lot of people get married because they like the idea of marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're romantic. They have an idea. Yeah, yeah. but false expectations and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, my, my culture commentary is very much a, I think most, I think you probably take a lot of my culture commentaries to be like, Hey, Christians, let's shape the culture. I think you can probably do that for a lot of them. A lot of them is just things Pierce likes, but, uh, (laughs) but, but in this one very much so, Hey, Christians, let's change the culture. Like let's actually start pushing back because for too long, I've been lazy with these things. I just, I hear those statements. I'm like, yeah, gosh, I hate it, but I'm just going to. You know, I'm going to do something that you always do. And I'm going to say that if you're out there and you had a rough start to your marriage, but somewhere along the way you found your rhythm in Jesus and you found hope and restoration and healing, we want to hear about it. We do. And then if you were somebody who was counseled well and had good leadership and mentorship ahead of time and your first year was a delight, we want to hear about that. Absolutely. Like, let's start sharing some of those stories and making those stories more normal. Yeah. So, man, we'd love to celebrate Absolutely. that with you. Yeah. And if you're, if you're, like Micah was saying a moment ago, if you're stuck right now and you're broken right now, um, find somebody who has a high view of marriage and lean into them. Let them help you along. Get help because there really is hope and restoration. And if you're in the San Angelo area, let that be us. Like, yeah, we're happy to help. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. 
Let's see how we're going. Oh, that was a good podcast. That was a good podcast. Let's see how I'm going to do this. This your, your, your culture corners get like more and more interesting and involved. And I deep. feel like I got it. I feel like a lot of times pastors who give bad premarital counsel like that are like basically giving into the teachings of demons. Hey! Whoa! Hey! Speaking of demons, <laughs> Pierce is. Uh, oh, I mean, no, sorry, Stephen is here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speaking of that, demons, that was, we're at the Garden Audio. That was, that was really good. <laughs> you only get if, you, if this is your first time to listen to us. You don't get that. Uh, You'll get it. Yeah, the just get crap yeah. every time. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. You'll yeah. catch right along soon. I promise. It yeah. doesn't take long. You're picking up quick. <laughs> the guy that we've never actually seen. He just gets verbally abused for yeah. now. Oh, You'll man. You'll get it real fast. <laughs> this is the verbal pole rack. Right. Yeah. You get used to it. We're trying to initiate him into our game. That's right. This is what marriage is going to be like. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, yeah, we're going to talk about angels and demons for the next five minutes. And uh, <laughs> No, I, I never saw it. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I never did either. Yeah. Wow. And so did we're going to see the Da Vinci Code. No, it's all angels either, and no. cowboys. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Aliens and cowboys. No, cowboys cow and aliens. Cowboys and angels. Oh yeah. Was, was that no, any good? Absolutely nothing. No, there's a guy that I used to work with. He was in it. So, oh okay. <laughs> I watched that part and I was like, oh wow, he's in it. <laughs> Turned it off. See ya. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about angels and demons uh, this week, and it will be uh, some stuff from. Uh, scripture and some misconceptions that people have about angels and demons and uh, their existence and the way they work and the way they operate and just some interesting text from the scripture about it. Ryan, aren't angels and demons just fairy tales meant to keep people in check? Well, actually, Pierce, that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. <laughs> uh, well, actually, Pierce, um, you know, I think a lot of people I think a lot of people do kind of think in a mythological way about angels and demons or yeah. think about them as maybe as fairy tales, like as mm. kind of characters in the Christian story to help shape how we should behave or whatever. There's absolutely a lot of misconceptions about them. Uh, one of the things that I see all the time is when somebody loses a loved one, they'll post on Facebook something along the lines, heaven just gained another angel. And I just want to be really, 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 really abundantly clear. Uh, people don't become angels. We just don't. Uh, we're different types of beings than angels. Angels cannot be redeemed by God. People are. Christ did not die for angels. Christ didn't die so that we could become angels. Like, we, we are not angels. Uh, we, we just tend to speak that way of people we love and that we think are really kind. Oh, she's such an angel. I don't hear people say that about men very often, but you know, uh, I'll start though. <laughs> yeah. He's well, such and, an angel. <laughs> and to your note as well, I think that a lot of people based off what you might, what you just said, they may have been like heartbroken by that. of like, wait a minute, but, but my grandma, like, but she became an angel. Like that's how I've been pitching her for so long. But like, but according to the scripture, we are higher than angels. We're better so than like, angels. Yeah. So like, First Corinthians like, chapter six. We are different beings. And so for for to encourage you that may for you might might have just been heartbroken in that, know that we are higher than angels in, yeah. in, in our relationship to God and how we Yeah. And that. and the glorified body that we get and the the way we get to stand before God and the way we get to worship before God is different than the angels because mm -hmm. they're worshiping God from the standpoint of him as God, which is mm -hmm. part of how we'll worship him, but we also worship him as savior. And as one who yeah. has redeemed us. And the Bible tells us in First Peter chapter one that angels long to look into these things. Angels don't comprehend, they don't 
they don't understand how salvation works because they can't be saved. And so, so there are angels, there are demons. Um, a couple of things uh, about angels is we typically in culture describe them as having wings. The Bible never does. The other thing that's really interesting, and I know, bear with me because right now you just lost your mind. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what we what we might want to call angelic hosts, or what the Bible calls the Elohim, we can get mm-hmm. to that in just a minute, is made up of angels, which are always described as looking like humans, looking like men. Uh, there are the cherubim, which have two wings, and we only see cherubim as actual creatures a couple of places in the Bible, but they're used for decoration a lot. They're used in the decoration of the temple, and they're used in the decoration on the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, then you have the four living creatures in Ezekiel, which have four wings and four faces, and wheels beside them covered in eyes, which is super strange. We talked about that a little bit. Like That's part yeah. of the reason Ezekiel almost didn't make it into the Bible. Yeah. And then you have seraphim mentioned in Isaiah 6, um, which are... Uh, it's It's interesting because it's like... Seraphim are um, these creatures with six wings. Mm-hmm. Two, they cover their face. Two, they cover their feet. And with two, they're flying. And the only place we ever see them is in the presence of God, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty forever yeah. and ever. Uh, and so it's it's super interesting. And then there's also spirits mm-hmm. uh, in the presence of God. So all of these hosts together, and probably fallen angels in that, because in Job, when all the angelic yeah. hosts are in the presence of God, Satan is also there amongst them. So maybe Satan, maybe the fallen angels are there too. But this entire angelic host is called the Elohim. Um, I grew up being taught that Elohim was a name of God. It isn't. Elohim is the Hebrew name for the supernatural race of people. And the Hebrew Bible will occasionally say, uh, the Lord God is the God of all gods or the Elohim of all Elohim. We've kind of talked about that language in recent podcasts, but like he is the Elohim of all Elohim. In other words, he is the God of all the so-called gods. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible in, in one of the Psalms 80 something, it's one of the Psalms 80 something, it says that that uh, God is the Elohim of the Elohim. That So there's this idea from the Hebrew narrative that all of these beings exist and it's accepted as like just, commonplace. And, uh, and so we see a lot of the nuances in them. So I'll let you guys go. Favorite stories from the scripture, angels or interesting things about demons or so, whatever. Real quick. I feel like we got to talk about what you said first. Yeah, let's do it. People are losing their minds. Good. <laughs> <clears throat> so just to be clear, what you're saying is we've, we've for a long time had a generic term for all these beings together. And we've, the generic term we've used is angels, but there is a specific reference to angels. Right. Um, in the scripture, and then there's a specific reference to these other beings yep. as well. And so, a lot of times, um, angels were messengers. These were, yeah, I mean, which That's is how Hebrews word, uh, references them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, a lot of times, you see like things being messages being delivered to people, especially pre prophets. Mm-hmm. Yes, like in, in a lot of Genesis. No. Anyways, yeah. Well, well, there's, some there's some in Joshua. Yeah, uh, right, there, Joshua. There's some in. Um, so you've got Joshua for sure. I want to say, I'm trying to think of the other. I mean, you have the the cherubim with the flaming sword guarding the the way back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you have uh, I the think, messenger comes to Abraham is what I was thinking of. Is that in Genesis? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you have the Lord and two angels that come in Genesis eighteen and nineteen mm-hmm. to see Abraham, mm-hmm. and then the two angels go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yep. Uh, right, and lead Lot and his daughters out. Right, and those are angels. Yeah. Um, and there, it's it's funny because there's an angel in the way of Balaam's donkey. 
in numbers. That's right. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Which could be Balaam's donkey, and it could just be yeah, <laughs> Balaam's <Fatal Jackson. laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's an old one. <laughs> the the angels in Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, the the people of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to have sex with them, so it wasn't like these weird right. creatures with with wheels and eyes on the wheels. Right. It wasn't creatures with two wings covering their face, two with their feet, and two flying. Right. So, These were specifically the ones that look like humans. Assumedly, yeah, yeah that that's yeah. the case. And so, which is why Hebrews tells us, uh, in Hebrews thirteen, tells believers to entertain strangers mm-hmm. with grace, because mm-hmm. in doing so, some have entertained entertain angels it. unaware. Entertaining yeah. angels by the light of my TV screen. 24-7. <laughs> wow. I love the 90s. So I think I think that's maybe the the clarification is, yes. is we're not saying what you believed about angels is wrong. We're just making specifics. Yes. I mean, maybe we are saying that. But we're making specifics as to how the scripture yeah. uses these yeah. terminologies. Angels are a category of the spiritual beings mm-hmm. that the Bible calls the Elohim. Perfect. Now can you Is that talk? Okay? Yeah, perfect. Now can you talk? Because I feel like we kind of clarify this stuff before we have other conversations. Can mm-hmm. you talk about what we call demons now? Yes. So I'm going to say some things that the Bible for sure says, and then I'm going to say a couple of things where I lean. Okay. So um, there are fallen angels um, that fell with Satan. The Bible references them in Peter, and it references them in light of judgment. And it says if God was able to bring judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, but rec- rescue righteous Lot. If he was able to bring judgment on the world, but rescue Noah, and if the angels fell, how much more so does God know how to rescue us, the righteous, right, who have put faith in him? And so it's kind of this contrast, right, that these angels were kept in gloomy chains of darkness until Christ returns. So there, some people say that, uh, that the demons are fallen angels. I have a hard time with that personally for two reasons. One, we never see a biblical reference to an angel possessing someone. We don't ever see that reference in the scripture. And so some people argue that fallen angels now were given that ability. Maybe the Bible never says that though. What the Bible does say is that the the, the angels now, the fallen angels are kept in gloomy chains of Dartman until the day of judgment. And so demons, I think, I think, are the uh, the reference to fallen spirits? Um, I think that when when a third of heaven fell with Satan, a third of the Elohim fell with Satan, mm. and so I think, and I'm putting a lot of I think on this, uh, and I'd be happy to have this conversation and have somebody show me a biblical source that would give some more light on this matter. But it seems to me because the spirits do possess and do mm-hmm. go into people and stuff, we see that as a biblical example. It seems to me that the demons are more fallen spirits. Yeah, because, I mean, spirits, we could say, like, good and bad spirits. Yes. In the Old Testament, go along. I mean, like, when God says, who's going to go be a lying spirit for me? In the mouth of Ahab, yeah. Yeah, so I I think there's, I mean, it makes total sense that angels have never possessed somebody, but spirits have in good and bad ways. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, And so I feel like there's a model for that. So when I think of demons, I know most people think of fallen angels, I'm a little hesitant too, just because I don't see that pattern anywhere in the scripture. I but but they are certainly part of the fallen Elohim, the part of the fallen angelic hosts, if yeah. we can use that. And and so, which is why we you see can be them. confident that this is a third of heaven, Phil. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so the four living creatures seem to only be four, you know. Um, so and the seraphim seem to be created for certain tasks. So I don't know, you know, like maybe. Maybe a third of the whole was angels and spirits. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so there are angels. There are demons. Um, more clarification before we move on? No, I think that, I mean, I'm sure that some people's 
are spinning right now. Just I know it's a about, lot of information. It's a lot of info. I mean, I, like what we would say, I think for sure is that we believe that there are spirits. Yes. And yeah. that there's a spiritual realm. Yes. And that there's a spiritual realm that is, is part of Satan's realm or yes. part of his, his people, if you will, not people, but his, <laughs> his beings. And then there's, there's a spiritual realm that is, is part of what we would call the, the heavenly or the gods. That, in other words, yeah. there's still, there are still, um, messengers. There are still seemingly spirits. There's yes. still, there's still cherubim and seraphim, obviously, because right. we see that a little bit in Revelation four. Like there's, there's still, there's still those, those beings that exist. We do not believe that those are allegories for something else. Right. Absolutely. And, um, one of the things, uh, that I think we, we talked about this a little bit last time, maybe in times when we talked about the mark of the beast and how mm-hmm. we are also who are in Christ are marked by God. Yeah. So I, I don't personally believe that someone who uh, is a Christian can be possessed by a demonic spirit, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that means that you can't be afflicted by a demonic yeah. spirit. Yeah. Um, we also know about angels. Hebrews gives us a really clear text on, on it, and it says, Hebrews 1.14, I believe, says that angels are ministering spirits sent yeah. out to aid those who will inherit salvation. And yeah. so uh, there is a sense in which angels are ministering to us and for us on behalf of God and doing doing that work. So, um, yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. Do we see, Do you, have y'all heard stories about... No. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, my, 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 thoughts, my thoughts go to the Gospels. My thoughts go to Acts as well. Uh, we just, we, we, we just went over... Um, the apostles being led out of prison by the by the angel. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and and did they did they see did they see the angel leading them out of prison? Yeah, the angel led them out and told them to go uh-huh. back and he th- preach. Yeah, he thought he was dreaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, You're talking and, about Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do we do we hear a lot of stories of people seeing physical angels? Um, I know we I know we. Are you talking we, about the Bible or no, today? I'm, so, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, today. So like we. Um, I know that, I mean, that could be a whole nother podcast about things maybe happening modern day, but like, um, yeah, but like there's, but do we, do we hear stories around the yes. world of people seeing angels? Yeah. So question, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that we're coming from a biblical standpoint, but I was just curious. No, I think this is a good thing too. I yeah. Think, yeah. So uh, quick. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know the, if you guys all heard the stories, stories I've heard and that I've heard someone actually tell uh-huh. come from other parts of the world. Yeah. Um, most of them third countries where there is not very many translations of the Bible in their mm-hmm. language or the people are illiterate. Yeah. Which I think that, in my opinion plays into this. Yeah. Some. Um, but one of the coolest like generic stories I've heard is there's this dream that Muslims have been having across the world for I don't mm-hmm. know how long, where in their dream they see decades at least. At least. Yeah. They see in their mind, they see Jesus. Mm. Like they say, we see Esau on the sea, Jesus, the Messiah. Mm. Um, and they somehow know it. And it's the, the, the stories vary from place to place as to the dreams, but all the dreams have the same, like the same generic pattern where Jesus is calling them, calling them to mm. follow him. And <laughs> yes, yeah. well, and, I mean, and we, what we see is right. Uh, Mary, uh, mother of Jesus saw an angel. Mm-hmm. Joseph dreamed of an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Daniel encountering an angel a couple of times, like, and, and so, um, when I was a kid, two stories really quickly, when I was a kid, 
I remember at night, my parents would open up our bedroom doors. I don't know. They said it was better circulation. I guess if when we were babies, they could hear us cry or whatever, but they did that forever. And Mm -hmm. so when I was about six or seven, um, I rolled over in my bed one day and looking across my room, out my bedroom door, I could look across the hall into the bathroom, right? And see the sink and the mirror. And there was a little window there and there was a street lamp on the corner and the light would kind of shine in, you know, and light up my room. And it, it was kind of eerie sometimes and kind of creepy sometimes. When I was about six or seven, I rolled over one night, had had a bad day in the house and that's, I'll leave it at that. But uh, there was a guy standing in my doorway um, and he had a sword in his hand and he filled up my doorway basically. And he's standing there with his arms crossed and his sword in his hand that came up over his shoulder and he just stood there. And I was petrified. Yeah. And in my mind as a seven-year-old or six-year-old, I thought two things. I thought, one, this can't be an angel because he doesn't have wings. <laughs> and, and two, it can't be an angel because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to me being 25 or 30 and having read the Bible a dozen times. And guess what? <laughs> um, Probably an angel. Yeah. A- angels don't, aren't ever depicted as having wings. And every time they showed up, people were freaked were out, <laughs> you know? So and scared. I saw that on three separate occasions. Um, and then my cousin, Elizabeth, who's two months younger than me, when she was about four and her sister, uh, I guess she was about three and a half and her sister was about one and a half or two, Rachel, uh, my aunt had put them in the bath and was giving them a bath and the phone rang and my uncle wasn't home. So my aunt went to answer the phone and told Elizabeth, you need to watch Rachel. And when she came back, Rachel had drowned oh, wow. and she scooped Rachel out of the tub and she was able to resuscitate her. And she said, Elizabeth, why didn't you pull her out of the water? Why didn't you call for me? And she goes, mom. Jesus was on the ceiling and he told me the whole fine, the whole time everything was going to be okay. And so like, you know, you just go, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is, um, Elisha's servant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the army's, yeah. the army shows up and Elisha's servant's like, oh, Second crap, King six. what are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And Elisha prays that God will open his eyes and he sees this army yeah and it's seemingly like isn't it described as chariot yeah chariots, chariots and, and horses, horses of fire so like yeah yeah there's something more than even just what we see i think yes yeah. I, I, i'm gonna le- i'm just gonna say that guess like i think that there's more to what we call the heavenly realms than we even know about. 100 yeah. percent. because you you rewind a little bit uh into the the uh the very beginning of first second kings when elijah is taken up into heaven and Elisha says, let me receive a double portion of your spirit. And he goes, if you can see me when I'm taken up, you, you can. And a, a chariot with horses of fire shows up in between the two. Elijah gets in and it goes off in a whirlwind up to heaven. <laughs> and Elisha's there like, oh man. He said, and he says, that he says that chariots and the horsemen of Israel. Now what's super interesting is when Elisha dies later in second Kings, I forget the King's name that's coming to him saying, Hey, help me to get victory over my enemy. Yeah, yeah. And Elisha hands him some arrows and says, uh, he, he <laughs> says, strike them on the ground. Well, at first he has him shoot an arrow out the window. And then he says, now strike the arrows on the ground. Mm-hmm. And he strikes it three times. Like, and he's like, why'd you, times. why'd you just quit three <laughs> times? You could have destroyed all of God's enemies if you'd kept striking. So like it was his passion, his zeal, but he only has three victories over this other army before they end up defeating him. Long story short, when he dies right there in his bed, this wicked king says, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And I've always Mm. wondered if this wicked king is Mm. seeing the same thing that Elisha saw when Elijah got taken into heaven, you know? And so are there more things in the spiritual realm than we could even imagine? Heck yeah. Probably. You know, heck yeah. Now, another thing that I think is interesting is demons in the Bible uh, frequently would cause someone to be blind or mute or Mm. deaf. 
And not that there weren't people who were blind or mute or deaf. Like the, the guy in John 9, it says he was blind from birth. No demonic yeah. uh, uh, presence mentioned. Right. Yeah. Other places, demonic presences were mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how much of the sicknesses and the illnesses we have today are demonic. Yeah. Not that there can't also be tangible physical reasons that you're having those. But I think a lot of Christians just think, oh, they're blind. And I want to be like, maybe, they're, maybe they were born blind. Maybe yeah. it's demonic, you know, because like, yeah, we, why, we too, why would they change all the stuff? Well, we we too quickly. Well, I mean, I mean, I think that yeah, that's a fair question. I, and I think that my will is. I think that there's uh, my opinion is. I think a lot of times the stories we see are. I think they're all still gospel centered in the sense that God still wants people to know who He is. Hundred percent. And so it's 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 interacting within that culture. So for yeah. example. I have a feeling that more of that stuff goes on in these third world countries that don't have the tangible, readable scripture where they yeah. grow up in a culture where they can see God from the text. Yeah. You see this a lot in places where there are people that are illiterate. In other words, they they can't read or they don't have a written language in their language. You see this kind of stuff happen. So yeah. I have a feeling that there's probably more of that that goes on in those places because of that. There's more yeah. of a spiritual influence and in how these people are, are seeing the gospel. Now, I think the trick is, the trick of the enemy is that we've been so lulled into complacency here mm-hmm. because we have such easy access to see God revealed from so, the scripture. pause, for, don't lose your thought. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to hear what Mike is saying here when he says we're lulled into complacency. I don't want you to hear that as like, oh, this is kind of, I want you to hear that as, an, as a caution and a warning and like, I don't know how else to make it like super passionate, but like, we got to shake off this complacency. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have the ability here to actually open up the scripture for people and explain to them and show them who God is. Um, I have a feeling that, um, the reason we don't see as many, what we call like miraculous things happen here in the West versus these other parts of the world is because we have access to that. I might be wrong. I'm just saying that's my thoughts. I think, I think that's entirely likely. We've Mm -hmm. talked a lot about spiritual gifts and why God did those things, but I also think it's entirely possible that some of the people in the States who are sick are sick because they're sick. And some of the people who are in the States who are sick are sick because of demonic oppression Mm -hmm. or like, so here's what I, I, I'm using a term that is not in the Bible. I understand. We can talk about it later if you would like. There are places in the scripture that we call possession where the demon controls some aspect of somebody's humanity. And then, and then, um, there is the woman who has been in half for 18 mm-hmm. years that the Bible says she's afflicted or she's bound, mm-hmm. um, which seems to be different than the one who's demon-possessed, the kid, the kid who's demon-possessed who's throwing himself into the fire, throwing himself into the river to be drowned. Like it's, It seems to be a different kind of impact. One is just a strict physical manifestation, and one seems to be different than that. Like mm-hmm. even, even uh, Paul in the book of Acts casting the demon out of the girl who is a fortune teller. And, and she's following around Paul and she's saying, this guy's proclaiming to you the way to be saved. And Paul is so irritated with her knowing that she's demonically possessed and not wanting to give credence to what she's doing through a demon. He casts the demon out, which ends up getting him arrested because now the people who were making a great living by this child, who was a, a, a prophet, basically yeah. a false yeah. prophet through demonic influences. Like, I, I just think, look, like, Angels and demons know stuff. Yeah. Uh, in the book of Daniel, when the angel Michael comes to talk to Daniel, he, he says, man, I would have been here sooner. Daniel's been praying and fasting. I want you to think about this. Daniel's been praying and fasting for three weeks, and Michael is dispatched 
the moment that he prays, and we know that angels can like, man, just be wherever they want to be. And he's held up for three weeks because he's been at war with the Prince of Persia. Whatever the heck that, that means, you know? <laughs> and so he has been in some sort of spiritual I played that combat. Game on my computer when I was a kid. That's I did too. I know what it's like to be in the war with him for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember way back in like 91 playing that in the, in the photo lab. Yeah, you get mm. your floppy disk and yeah. put it in. And the dude would run, and I couldn't ever make him make the jump because he had to type exactly it just right, about. and then he'd had to catch it and pull himself up, and I couldn't oh, ever get him to do that. Fun game. But, but there is so much more to the spiritual realm than we believe. I think yeah, so. Yeah. So much. I think the, so I think when I think about like cultural stuff affecting this to some degree, I think what makes me think about it too is like you go, you go to parts of the world where um, the culture engages in some kind of spirit worship. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been to these places, you, you can walk into some of these areas and just feel, feel it. the weight. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe that. It's just yeah. Yeah. It's it's scary. weird. Um, but like you have, you have crazy stuff happening. Like, um, you know, witch doctors mm-hmm. who sometimes it's funny enough, some parts of the world, I learned this in, uh, in Indonesia, um, they will, they will, um, have like folk Muslim, uh, religion. In other words, it's, they're Muslims, but they also include like parts of the religion from their culture, from, from. Oh, wow. times past. So you might have an imam who's also a witch doctor. Hmm. It's it's an interesting, but you get, you meet those kinds of people or you hear stories about them and they do things that are like super powerful and miraculous. Yeah. And you realize it, it's likely probably a hundred percent the case that these people are empowered by demons yeah. empowered yeah. by the forces of Satan, which is what gives us air of, I mean, I think what sometimes we forget is Satan has power. Yeah. He uh-huh. does. Yeah. He doesn't have more power than Jesus. No. He doesn't have more power than the spirit, but he has power. And the moment I think we forget that, which is why I think we get lulled into complacency here. That's the lie of the enemy in the West is that we're not worried about our life because of Jesus. Yeah. Typically we're not worried about um, suffering the consequences of putting our faith in Jesus and be ousted, being ousted by our family, these kind of things. And so we just get lulled into this complacency and forget that our role here is so that people can see Jesus in us. Yeah. And, and it, the moment we get lulled into complacency because we don't see like a witch doctor doing these crazy things or people, I mean, I'm, to be honest, like, I don't think what you see going on at the Benny Hinn stuff is, is, I mean, maybe some stuff happens sometimes, but like, that's not, that's not what Jesus was doing. That's not what Paul was doing no, no. Um, because those guys were always, it was always about Jesus. It was always about right. the gospel. When, when Peter heals the, the lame dude at the temple steps and says, I can't give you any money, but I can give you this. Stand up yeah. and walk. Like this was about his association with Jesus. It yes. wasn't about the dude walking again. And every time I've seen video of those, those like sessions where they do like healings and stuff. It's never about Jesus. It's about the person who's getting healed. So I think that's the distinction is across the world, the oppression comes against the gospel against Jesus. Um, I think the other stuff's a sham, to be honest. I'm not saying crazy things don't happen. Right. Um, Sometimes the enemy masquerades as, as an angel angel of light. light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all I'm saying. Take that as you will. And I think we need to temper this. I don't want to spend long on this with a couple of sentences, but uh, not everything's the devil either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like your headache or your flat tire might not and probably aren't the devil. Like yeah. when we see the devil and the demons working, it was, uh, it was to keep people from knowing God. It was to keep people away from truth. It was yeah. like, there was, there was a really intent purpose for it. The other thing that I think is interesting, uh, is 
the devil and the demons, be they fallen spirits or be they fallen angels, they know their they know their end. Yeah. So when Jesus casts the the legion of demons out of the the guy who has them, who's breaking the chains in the the graveyard and cast them into the pigs, one of the things that the legion says to Jesus when he shows up is, "Have you come to to cast us into the abyss before our time?" Mm. Like they know that there is an abyss waiting for them. Revelation chapter twenty, lake yep. of fire. Like they know that, and and. Uh, and it's a little bit of what Revelation, I think, means when it says that the devil, knowing that his time is short, persecuted the the people of God. Mm-hmm. Like he knows that his time is short, and so. Um, but I don't think that every headache, uh, every hangnail, every time you lose your keys is the devil. Um, I mean, no, <laughs> so. no, gosh, no. I think I think what we have to do is be aware that it's there. I, I think yes. it's just yeah. this Ephesians six five and six perspective. You know, our battles not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities in this dark world. Uh, I, I think that we have to be conscious of that. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I mean, just to be honest and transparent, there are so many days I just go through my day and go through my routine in my school. I don't really have a routine, but like go through whatever routine I'm going in that day. And mm-hmm. sometimes I forget that I, I'm still in a battle. Yeah, yeah. I'm still in war, you know, and I think that's the complacency we've been lulled into is we just go through our day mm-hmm. and forget. It'd be easy if I was in a third world country and I wake up every day and there's some dude who's like foaming at the mouth, like doing these prophecies towards me that is, you know, it's against Jesus. And like, I'm reminded of it every day Yeah, here. I'm not. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we're not in the battle. Yeah. It, to your point, I think we've made, uh, I think we've made the devil weak. Mm. Yeah, because we relegate him down to the headache yes. instead of like. I've also wondered actually trying to attack us. Or I've also us. wondered how often we um, are losing the battle because we allow influence of the enemy in our lives in ways we don't necessarily know it's specifically him. So, for example, like um, I mean, we've talked about this some. I think that there are certain movies. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we talked um, about this on a recent podcast. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Where. Halloween. Was that like it? the movie? Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, yeah, the Halloween episode. One of my favorite means I've seen like in October was it was it showed Michael Myers from Halloween and then Michael Myers. <laughs> it said, these be the same people. <laughs> You're telling me this is the same man. <laughs> but for I'm not talking about like like suspense. I'm talking about like you watch a movie or a show that like has actual demonic stuff in it. Yeah. I think there's opinion. I think you're kind of opening yourself up for some influence in ways that um, well that let, you shouldn't. Let's put it this way. What you're doing is uh you're using as a sense of enjoyment. You're, you're probably not even coming to it serious. Mm-hmm. You're going in it because you like to be scared. Mm-hmm. You like to get a little mm-hmm. bit nervous behind the knees and sweaty and, you know, like creeping out, the, the jump scares, those kinds of things. And the moment that we quit taking the devil seriously. Yep. I think that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we put ourselves in a position to really be in trouble because yeah. Yeah, like yeah. you said, he has power. Yeah. Uh, praise God. The angels also have power. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you I, know, I often wonder how oftentimes depression and things like that are, are mm-hmm. like influence of the enemy in that way. Like yeah, our minds true. are so stinking powerful and how it yeah. affects every part of our life. And in a culture that is, that is cerebral where we're literate and we, everything we do is based around knowledge. Yeah. What's the one place to attack? Yeah. Knowledge. Yeah. You shake people's minds, which is why I think that Paul says, put on the helmet of salvation. Yeah. Like your depression, probably like you, you suffer through depression thinking I'm, I'm worthless even to God. And what you've done in that moment is taking the helmet off. 
Yeah. Mm. It, you put on the helmet to remind yourself, this, this is, is who I, I am, am in Christ. God. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I love that, that, you know, when Peter draws the sword in the garden of Gethsemane and cuts off Malchus's ear, Jesus has him put the sword away. And he says, he says, don't you know that I could call right now 12 legions of angels mm -hmm. to be at my disposal, you know, like they'd yeah. be here now. Um, and, um, I don't, I don't know. Chime in on this. What do you guys think? Like, uh, I don't hundred percent. I don't think we pray to angels, but a hundred percent. I'm okay with saying, God, send some angels, like protect me. Mm -hmm. Um, like we see that in the scripture, we see angels fighting on behalf of people. We see Joshua meet an angel and he says, look, this, this battle's not, not yours, but the Lord. And he's speaking about a physical battle. Like he's like, I'm going to, we're going to take care of this. You know, he's like, I'm not on your side or the enemy's side. I'm on, I'm a commander of the army of the Lord. Uh, of course, that's probably Jesus. That's probably the right, angel right. of the Lord. But like, I don't think this is my misunderstanding of, of Hebrews, but I, I, I prayed for each one of my kids before they were believers. Yeah. That God would send an angel. Yeah. Ministering spirits. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, um, and so I think that there's, I mean, I've, I've probably prayed. I mean, I, I, it's not a common thing. I pray more often like God. Yes. Would you do this? Yeah. I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think, I think that part of that is they are ministering spirits. Uh, you know, now the author of Hebrews, the point he's making is that Christ is better than the angels. That's the point he's making and that, that angels are sent out to minister to those of us who have mm -hmm. put faith in Christ. But yeah. like, um, there, like what an incredible thing that Daniel's praying and an angel shows up. He's like, man, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, man, as soon as you started praying, I was on my way. Daniel's like, well, crap, man, I've been praying and fasting for three weeks. I'm so hungry. <laughs> you know, and uh, maybe, like, maybe what you're asking is like, is there a recognition? Maybe, maybe there should be more of a recognition, um, that, we are children of God mm. and that this is like the realm we're in. Like, I don't even know what that yeah. looks like. I don't even know. I mean, I'm not even saying like, pray like God, would you bring 12 legions of right. armies mm -hmm. here? But like, like just the story of Elisha and his servant. I mean, I don't think that that's just a one time no. situation. Mm -hmm. I've heard, Agreed. okay. I heard this story. I think my dad told me this. I don't know where he read this or heard this. About one of the wars um, right after Israel became a country, I guess it was probably later because I think they had planes. I guess it could have been not too long after that. Um, but like Israel didn't have very many people. I forget who they were fighting. And the other army ran away. This is modern times, like yeah. after 1948 Israel. Yeah, 20th century. Um, the other army ran away because they said there were too many Israelites. Yeah. But there weren't. Yeah. And so I think that, I mean, you know. Yeah. Maybe, Why not? <laughs> maybe you know? it's still the case. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, I just think like, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. And it's, uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. I think probably, probably the simpler take on it is that angels as a subcategory of the Elohim mm -hmm. and demons, fallen angels or fallen spirits, that these two categories of beings do exist yeah, and that they are real mm -hmm. and that they do have power and that angels are on our side um, ministering to us because God has deemed it to be so. And the demons are 100% not on our side. Yeah. And there is a spiritual upheaval going on around us at all times that we just don't know, can't see, yeah. can't behold. What's funny is... is that was way too much. Angels and demons exist. There, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, and what's funny is like, I think so the, the people who struggle with the idea of that being like a literal reality probably don't have a problem saying that we have the spirit of God that lives in us now. Mm. Like 
Yeah. That's, that seems just as weird right. if you were going to say one's weird, mm -hmm. but we don't have a problem with that. Right. And so I think that that's, that's the crux of this whole thing. Like the spirit of God now lives in us as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. lives in us. Yeah. We have the spirit of God indwelling in us as, as children of God. Um, it's a spiritual realm. I mean, even J Jesus says it in John uh, four, when he's talking about worship, Yeah, you know, God longs for those who worship in spirit and in truth. Like right. there's an essence of it. That's, that's a spiritual thing as well. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. As a, as a cerebral thing. So it's the spiritual realm exists. It is there. I've often wondered, the Bible's not explicit on it, uh, but here's why I think it. So Samson in the scripture, uh, whenever the Holy Spirit came on him, he performed these powerful feats like ripping a lion in half or uh, slaying a thousand Philistines with a donkey's jawbone or uh, bringing down the temple on top of the Philistines, right? By pushing the pillars and breaking them. And each time it's preceded by the Spirit like came on him to do this. I always read the stories of David's mighty men and like the guy who stands in a field with a sword and kills 800 guys, you know, uh, you know, until the Bible says his hand stuck to his sword, like <laughs> cramped, his probably. muscles are cramping so tightly he can't put down his sword. And, and people go, man, like, how does that happen? I think by the spirit, like yeah. I, I just, mm -hmm. I don't know a guy who could take on 700 guys. No, uh, apart from the work of the spirit. <laughs> I mean, we just watched, uh, you know, a couple months ago that that heavyweight boxing match. I don't know if you guys watched that, mm -hmm. but like um, Fury and I forget the American's name, but like, oh yeah, they're going like I think this last time they went like eleven rounds, yeah, and they're exhausted and they're and they're and I get it. It's like intense and they're punching each other. There's two heavyweight dudes, eleven rounds. Yeah, it's a lot. And they're in you know thirty three minutes shape. or yeah, two and minute rounds or three minute rounds. I don't know. Yeah, but still like 30, 33 minutes. Yeah, and then these guys are fighting. This dude takes out 800 guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, even so what we're saying is like the one of the most fit, strongest dudes in the world can only last like 30 minutes fighting one other guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it has to be empowered by the spirit. So when you're watching that superhero movie, you're like, that could never happen. Well, it could. <laughs> I've also so. wondered how many cultural stories about other gods come from some kind of interaction or experience with the spiritual realm. Like that oh, there's yeah. a basis of truth and what they have seen and believe because yeah. that's what they saw. Yeah. yeah you, you see somebody who's that, just a guess. Um, oh, uh, side note. No, 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 no. Too much of a can of worms. Never mind. No, 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 no. It's a whole nother episode. Those worms. Yes. No, 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 no. We already said you already wrapped it up, Ryan. Angels and demons exist. There you go. <laughs> well, you had a longer statement. I forget what it was already. Yeah, it was dumb because I was like, here's the simpler way. And then I said like 14 sentences. <laughs> and if you watch the movie, Angels and Demons and the Da Vinci Code, just know it's fiction. Don't get all bent out of shape. It's fiction. It's fiction. Yeah. And 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 hi, we highly encourage you to turn to the scripture, turn to community, uh, Christian community, a Bible, <laughs> Bible believing community. Uh and learn those lines because because we we live in a world that that uh, that that fantasizes angels and demons yeah. and that uh, over fictionalizes them and so there is biblical truth regarding this. Turn to the scripture and turn to Bible believing community and discuss it and walk through it together and see what angels really are and begin to um, to yeah to, to begin to to, to decipher that and figure out how to approach it and. When it comes to demons, don't just, don't just, I mean, really, I know we cautioned you in the Halloween episode, but also to throw caution out there as well, as well, like the, like Satan's real, demons are real, 
Like, don't just go out there playing willy-nilly out there. I think we've said willy-nilly at least once in every episode <laughs> for the past, like, two months. Good. <laughs> just keep it going with it. Just throw it out there and do what? Who's willy-nilly? Who is that? I don't know. Willy-nilly Nelson. Willy-nilly Nelson. Uh, did y'all ever play Silly Willy-nilly growing up? Uh, silly no. Willy-nilly. It sounds like a weird game, but Silly Willy-nilly likes uh, apples but not oranges. Uh, oh, is that the one where you figure it out? Yeah, 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 yeah. what's going on, yeah. Silly Willy-nilly likes doors but not windows. I'll let y'all think about that. Okay. I got it. Oh, did you figure it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy peasy. He doesn't like easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll think of another thing for that. But anyway, so if you guys don't have anything else to add to angels and demons, <laughs> he doesn't like angels or demons. <laughs> uh, Michael, do you have a simpler hack? I do. I do. It is colder now. Mm-hmm. And if you live somewhere outside of Texas, it is a lot colder now. Um, and if you're in a place like where we're at, when it gets cold everything gets really dry, like mm. crazy dry. Um, my skin's always really dry. Yeah. And one of the hardest things for me is like right around my nails, like my cuticles oh, always yeah. dry up in the winter. So simpler hack I just learned for um, helping that is you can actually use the chapstick you probably already carry with you mm. to moisturize your cuticles during the day. And it, mm. it, helps, it helps keep them from drying out and hurting. And actually I heard it promotes nail growth as well when your cuticles oh, nice. are healthy. Nice. So, that chapstick has a dual use now, cuticles so, and your lips. Nice. I'm doing that. Yeah. And then I'm going to immediately wash my hands because they're going to feel greasy. <laughs> You're going to have to have two chapsticks. <laughs> yes, one for my lips and one for my fingers. Yeah. I'm going to get them mixed up. <laughs> you should do Cheetos, not wash your hands, do cuticles with your <laughs> chapstick and then put them on your lips. No. Hot Cheetos. Hot, hot Cheetos. Cheetos. Speaking of <laughs> Cheetos. Speaking of Cheeto Come lips. Come on, give me that one. Speaking oh, of Cheeto lips. <laughs> my boy Steven's like over the there. Hot one. Oh, okay. Hot Cheeto. Speaking of a hot Cheeto. My boy Cheeto. Hot Cheetos over there. Dude, that's got to be. His, that's hot his t shirt. What's up, Hot Cheeto? I'm getting a tattoo. That's right. <laughs> Is it because of your new haircut, the Cheetos thing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Too soon. Steven, Steven is at the Garden Audio. Go give him a follow. Say hello. Leave him a comment. Maybe he'll leave you a comment. Maybe he'll say hello. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> uh, this dude promotes Simpler, though, so well, and he likes posting all of our stuff all the time. He so does. Great. He posts great behind-the-scenes footage of us here recording. It's great. Just go, yeah, go over there and see what he's got going on. It's pretty awesome. While you're there, follow us. We are at Simpler Pod. And by the way, that's a good way to search for us across the board. Search for at Simpler Pod on YouTube. If you just listen only and you've never done the video, search for us on YouTube at Simpler Pod. Hey, um, even if you don't watch us on YouTube, just go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. And a lot, and a lot of people, <laughs> I learned recently, a lot of people don't think they have YouTube accounts. But if you have a Gmail account or a Google account, you have a YouTube account. Yeah. Because YouTube is owned by Google. So uh, just log I'm into sure your- everything is owned by Google. Everything's owned by Google. They're listening. They're I tried to listen to a listening. podcast the other day without watching the video, and it was- I couldn't do it. It was just the worst. I always have to watch the video. Really? Yeah. Really? Huh. That's interesting. Hey, when are we going to get our Spotify- contract where like Joe Rogan we have videos show up on Spotify we'll take, I, yeah we'll take I know half right of it. just half <laughs> we'll take, easily we'll just take half of his contract <laughs> yeah. easy man um, I lost my train of thought now guys way to go hot subscribe che- subscribe follow tell Steven he's a hot Cheeto <laughs> and uh, and yeah leave reviews it's pretty awesome and as always keep crisis core what could be simpler than that we'll see you next Tuesday bye bye <laughs>